0: Eddie Murphy talks to the animals while Pixar's little robot remains silent and what the hell I can't be clever about it Who Framed Roger Rabbit is the best movie of all time this week on 302010
1: 302010 302010 three decades every show sometimes associated videos 302010 302010 surprises are awaiting if we're going to the 80s and the 90s and 2000s on 302010
0: sigh Pace yourself, Christopher. This is going to be a long episode. (laughs) 30 2010, the internet's weekly podcast pop culture time machine, where we look 30, 20, and 10 years ago back in the past. Get it? 30, 20, and 10? Makes total sense when you think about it. 1988, 1998, and 2008. We'll be looking specifically at the week of June 22nd through the 28th. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Antista. Hi.
2: I'm Lena Hyena fangirl Diana Goodman. (laughs) It's me, Sarah.
0: Hey, and we got to make this quick because I might end up talking too long. Obviously, the nature of the show means this is coming up on Roger Rabbit's 30th anniversary. Probably my favorite movie of all time. We also have an interview with the creator of Roger Rabbit, Gary Wolf, over on on our sister show, Laser Time. So if you want to dig even deeper to that, I swear to God, I will try not to repeat everything I talked about on that show, too. But I'm so glad to have two ways to celebrate Roger on his 30th anniversary. But that's that's by no means all that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, um, ooh, a really stupid video game peripheral really dumb TV because that's really bad right now and some pretty dope movies. Cause it's the summer yeah. stuff. You've all oh, seen man.
2: one of the best movies we've talked about in a long time.
0: Roger rabbit. I know, I know, <laughs> I know.
2: besides Roger rabbit. I'm really, I'm very happy to talk about Roger rabbit too. I love wow. it, but Oh, we got a, we got a good heist movie. Yeah, we do.
0: Okay. People, you better stay right there because we're about to travel back in time. Hang with us. Beginning. Like we always do in 1988, uh, June 22nd through the 28th. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yep. I guess a tiny bit of news. Mike Tyson fought Michael Sphinx. 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 Uh, and it was the, I think, the costliest fight of all time at this at, at this day and age. It, it, it pales in comparison to shit that happens now. Mm-hmm. But I think it uh, it brought in $70 million and the fight lasted 90 seconds. Woo.
1: Yep, so like,
0: I think probably the most profitable anything of all time. Wow. Uh, Yes, you'll never guess who won. (laughs) There it is, Uh, June 23rd. Get this, some crazy NASA scientist named James Hansen. James Hansen testified to the Senate that man-made global warming has begun, and uh, obviously we acted quickly. Put a stop to that.
3: Yep, we're all good now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Invest in snorkels. Um, Yes, and on June 27th, Man, this is sad. Motown is sold to MCA from the Beastie Boys? No. No. Uh, For $61 million, that's it? That's
2: Mm it. I had to look and make sure, wait, there isn't a zero missing at the end of that, that you could sell the Motown label and catalog and master recordings $61 $61 million. Man, that doesn't
0: cover half the tax on Activision's purchase of Candy Crush Saga.
2: <laughs> I a feel like somehow I could afford
0: $61 million.
2: Like <laughs> sure. Give me a couple weeks. We could
0: raise we it, right? We could
2: pull it together at least. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. We could put on a show for the nice people. Yeah. yeah. A car wash. <laughs> we're saving Motown over here. <laughs> a couple <of> white kids <laughs> like Yes. saving Motown. Uh, uh, man, that's a real big bummer. What was going on with MCA? They were really swallowing everything. Mm. If it, if they, yep. Had they already purchased just universal at this point.
2: I want to say yes.
0: Hmm. It just—it's so confusing because to me, the most important things in my life is entertainment, and see all these entertainment companies like Doe with these weird corporate owners. Think Coke has bought Columbia at this point. It's, it's,
2: right, it's depressing. It's
0: weird that Ghostbusters is technically a Coca-Cola movie. Yeah, um,
2: just the con- the consolidation and then more consolidation, and then they get bought up by a, another company that also owns this thing. So it's like that's why it's time, my brother AOL. So blah, crazy.
0: Blah, blah. It's like fending off a hostile bid from Seagram's Gin. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, why yeah. aren't these movie people more powerful? Uh, anyway, anyway, we'll get to the movies of 1988. Uh, June 22nd through the 28th. I don't I don't. I don't know.
2: <laughs> so I thought. Oh. I thought this is the movie you really wanted to talk about. A handful of dust. What? The uh, no. adaptation of the Evelyn Waugh story no. with Kristen uh, Scott Thomas and Stephen Fry.
0: The uh, show's canceled. <laughs> shows, show's canceled.
2: <laughs> Whatever. It's British people in costumes. I'm sure it's fine. Mm-hmm. Let's move on.
0: Okay. Thank God. Main event. Oh, main event, baby. This is the tale of an up and coming movie star named Roger Rabbit. The down and out private detectives named ah! Eddie Valiant. Booga Booga. Every moment they were together ah! was a new adventure in trouble.
1: Hide me, Eddie. Please.
0: It's a motion picture about friendship. I can't stop listening. To it. I love it so i I love every line and scene of this movie. And I don't know. Diana, you say some stuff about it before I go on and on and on. anyway'll okay. do I'll so... do the intro here. It is a. Um, it is a 1988 movie directed by Robert Zemeckis, um, animated by Richard Williams, and executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Those are three of the very important people. But based on a novel written by uh, Gary K. Wolf, who censored Roger Rabbit, who we talk about in the interview, was a sci-fi author at the time. So this is just an outlandish idea he thought he could get away with that everybody loved, but as he could find no one to publish this. But Disney, before it was even published, like we need to make something really big and weird that nobody's expecting. And they bought the manuscript, I think, before it was published. Wow.
2: Which and it's in weird because the book is about like newspaper comic strips, it right? It is. It's but not it's, even about cartoons. It
0: is, but to but to his credit, cause that like the story deviates wildly in the same, the characters, like Roger Herman, uh, they're there. But what it is in the movie is just like the book, because I was rereading the book to talk to Gary, cause I as a little kid, I didn't like it. It was I keep having to say that dumb story of like I still have one foot in that air of like I love this movie, and I have no method of watching it for the next 18 months. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way to do that. So I'll read the book. I'm like, ah, this isn't the same. But what it is, it's like, it is a fun, pulpy detective novel, which at its heart, so was Roger Rabbit. Right. It's yeah. an ejaculatory celebration of a certain air Sarah's wincing at me. <laughs> a celebration of a certain era of animation that, like, that should not be overshadowed. But, like, if you don't know anything about these characters, you don't need to because it's just – a nice little send-up of a simple, older, noir detective story. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's part of what I keep coming back to. I also absolutely love this movie because I'm an animation nerd and I'm a film noir nerd. And watching it sort of with the eye of, who is this for? I have trouble answering that question because they sell it as a kid's movie, Mm -hmm. but it's it's so... It, it has so much back knowledge of noir and takes that part very seriously and also all the animation history stuff. There's also a lot of sex and swearing and a notoriously terrifying ending.
0: Right, yes, right. And there's, that- there's a ton of, and like I always, if you, I've said it a thousand times in these podcasts, I'm gonna repeat myself a ton. It shows you what dire straits Disney was in at the time. Like a, a mm-hmm. string of unsuccessful animated movies that almost bankrupted the company. They thought they were gonna have to shut down their movie studio division. And they basically had to hand over the reins, including financial residuals to Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis, which would end up dooming Rogers future. Cause normally Disney doesn't have to ask permission from someone of the stature of Steven Spielberg. If they can move forward with the project, it just happens. Hmm. Um, but they were in such dire straits. I think they were, I think Spielberg and company like ran riff shot over the Disney company. There's a lot of filthy shit in this. I wrote an article. I'll try and link to another, this article, uh, things you didn't know about roger rabbit i tried to find all the capture all the margin gags like the nipples of betty boop and the penniless jessica rat which is the tamest yeah. thing of all like baby herman flipping people off bugs bunny flipping yeah. people off like yeah i mean
2: that's that's one thing i'm thinking even the bigger stuff where it's like they're in they're in the you know marine cartoons office and roger flips out and uh eddie valiant's re- reaction is you know son of a bitch yeah. it's like yeah. really disney you didn't want to turn that into like
0: Howdy doody. Yeah, you you know Mickey's (laughs) in this, right? (laughs) Mickey is in this. And, and, And that's what's crazy. And I still can't believe it. Neither before nor since have Bugs Bunny and Mickey ever been in anything. Donald and Daffy. That's never happened before since. It happened right. once. And, and it's they in have movie. to
2: be together so they can make sure that neither of them gets more screen time than the other.
0: And these, as, as Gary confirmed for us, the same amount of lines, like line for uh. line, the exact same amount of lines, which is the only reason like some of that dialogue reads clunky. Like they have to exit and enter the screen like, within the exact same amount of time frame. It was nasty prick waving, um, but, <laughs> but they got everybody other than Popeye. There was a uh, heat gary talks uh, i gotta stop talking about it uh, about a sequence you can see on that article i wrote the, uh, the scene popeye was cut out of there's supposed to be a big giant fight at marvin acme's funeral um that ends in a casper joke and the <laughs> idea that the people who own like paramount and like what is it upa who owns casper said no like dude we have woody woodpecker and bugs bunny like we don't actually need you the fuck are you to say no to this movie whatever it's 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 so amazing like i think the only the time disney and warner brothers characters got together were that that awful buzzkill cartoon all-stars to the rescue where bugs and the ninja turtles <laughs> tell you not to do drugs
2: but this yeah. is a movie
0: you're like no it kind
2: of me out though because like the donald and daffy scene is so great and those characters so work great together i can't see bugs hanging out with mickey mickey's such a fucking square right, yeah. right. he's
0: too much of a square bugs would Agreed. be at that oh he'd be oh he's be sitting behind there like Probably critiquing Daffy and laughing at his mistakes during the Hungarian Rhapsody scene. Sorry. Anyway, but, but but what the book and the movie do amazingly is set up a world where cartoon characters live among us. It, it seems like a no-brainer because you've seen it so much. I think Steven Spielberg took this and essentially ran with it into Tiny Toons and especially Animaniacs. Whereas like it wasn't like a myth, I believe, growing up. It was just so omnipresent in all my media that cartoons were characters called Toons, Hang out in Hollywood with other stars on back lots and shit. It, it was, it felt like it, it was a magical time to be alive. I'm sure. not fucking around. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I'm not fucking around. And it was just like for the next eight years, Roger defined that. And like, I love if you still have it or at a Disney theme park with a Toontown, that is a Roger Rabbit touch. Mm-hmm. And there are Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit things all over the place that put them on the tier of Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Minnie, uh, where he definitely isn't anymore. But, Man, I love this. I love this character. Yeah, well,
2: looking through all, like, the commercials and stuff, so many. McDonald's tie-in, this mm-hmm. tie-in, that tie They're selling it to kids so hard. And I feel like that was a mistake. There's plenty to love for kids, but I feel like he could be a little bit older to sort of get, like I said, with the swearing and sex and violence. But can we talk about the technology that's involved? Please. Because, that, yes. again, like, going back and watching it and thinking about they made this so much harder than they needed right. to. It, and they it, do an amazing job.
0: It created the term bump the lamp to go out of your way to do something innocuous that most people won't notice. As in like, we need to get Roger to bump this lamp at this exact moment. But in like, right. you don't need to do that. Because I think Richard Williams in that behind the scenes documentary is like, it's, it's not impossible. It's just fucking hard. But yeah. we can What's, draw we can it's draw just
2: little stuff the yeah, the constant interaction between animated stuff and real stuff. Like very specifically, I think if there's a scene where like these, you know, the, the evil gang of weasels come mm-hmm. in and are searching the apartment. Obviously they're gonna be moving stuff, but they're holding one of them's holding a real gun. Yeah. It's It's like, he could have just animated a gun. He could have a cartoon gun. No, they have a real gun on wires that's like carefully moving around and synced with his motions. And it's like so
0: fluid. It's incredible that when Jessica Rabbit's introduction, when she grabs Eddie's hat, shoves it in his face, straightens his lapels and pulls him in by the tie. Like, I know you think you know how they did that, but like, it's invisible. On a visual level, this movie will hold up forever. Forever. There's nothing dated about the effects, and it's so nope. convincing. Ugh. Should I go on? Do I need to keep going? <laughs> How many times have you seen it, Sarah? More than ten?
3: Uh, once. Oh. I know.
0: Oh. I know. Yeah. I know.
3: It's oh. terrible, and I guess we're not friends anymore. Well,
0: we we'll just have to watch it again. I know, there's, I know of an anniversary screening. I
3: don't movie. know. I was in like a. I was actually just talking about this off air. Mm-hmm. I was in a weird. I'm in a weird time... I really time... thought you were going to say
0: wheelchair. <laughs> I couldn't no. watch a cartoon.
3: <laughs> I, I'm at a weird age at this place in my life because I'm still pretty young um, and I'm an only child and I don't have any older siblings and my parents kind of just were like, no, I'm not going to watch a kid's movie and I'm not going to go... like." Then they would be like, well, we're just going to watch grown-up movies. So I just watch grown-up movies and TV shows with my parents all the time. <laughs> so like a lot of these like major bellwether uh, kids' movies from my generation, I just haven't seen and I'm I'm really just now playing catch up now that I have mm. a stepson. Now I can like <laughs> now we can watch things he's together gonna, and he's the perfect age. He's gonna
0: love the kids will love this. Adults with any film knowledge will love who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And and that to me, distinctive about this movie was watching it the week it came out with my family. And like, I'm losing my shit because I'm from that bygone era where like Looney Tunes are running on multiple channels every day mm-hmm. and I think at least on the Disney Channel, these old Disney cartoons are running every single day. Yeah, So they're in my life constantly. To see them mingle together was amazing. But more so than that were things I was picking up on as a little kid that like, oh, my parents are like, I laughed a bunch and then there'll just be a sequence when like the laughs get deeper because none of the kids get what's happening <laughs> and the adults are <laughs> losing their shit. The Frank Sinatra singing sword appearance, like totally didn't get it. Hmm. Totally. If anything, it's, it's slightly anachronistic because it's a slightly older Frank Sinatra in a different, Frankie is a Looney yeah. Tunes reference of a very skinny like nineteen thirties Frank Sinatra. Anyway. Yeah, it's
2: like forties. Right. It's it's about right.
0: Anyway, anyway, like I remember wanting to figure out why the adults were losing their minds too, and there was just all this dialogue. I did. Here's to the pencil pushes. I feel like
3: this is like done. Try uh, animated movies try to do this a lot, and kids movies in general, where they try to bring in the parents and give them something to laugh at. And I just, Mm -hmm. when it goes wrong, it goes so wrong. I Mm -hmm. feel like it's like so cheap that they're obviously like pandering to the parents. And I don't know. I mean, has there any has is there any other movie that you think Uh, plays to both audiences as well?
0: I think. Well, in hindsight, when Diana asked who is the movie for, the movie is for adults. Okay. I think I can confirm. Because you know the yeah. the inclusion of these Disney characters, while amazing, I don't know how they agreed to it. Let alone how Warner Brothers agreed to it too, is really tertiary. They kind of like pop up for one second. They don't mm-hmm. really do anything. No one, uh, okay. no one even helps the characters. That uh, no character you've heard of helps another character. Okay, not even Leah Lena Hyena, who is technically from like Little Abner. <laughs> <laughs> Droopy's here though. Woody Woodpecker, Pinocchio. It's just astonishing.
2: And also for adults uh, you could say well it's pretty much Chinatown yeah. Plot-wise. Yeah. <laughs> Chinatown for kids um I mean it's based on something that's pretty much true uh, they oversimplify it but the idea that Los oh. Angeles used to have wonderful public transit and then it got bought out by uh, auto companies so they could and tire manufacturers and Forced everyone to get cars and drive everywhere, and that's why LA blows.
0: And wonderful, wonderful billboards as far as the eye can see. It's crazy to think about the future they prevented in Roger Rabbit happened, and that that's probably why we don't have a Toontown anymore. I can't. Uh, try not to think about it, because technically the ending of Roger Rabbit is pretty akin to the ending of Inglorious Bastards. That's yeah, not no, what Toon, happened.
2: Toontown got uh, bulldozed at Dodger Stadium. Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that no. is an urban planning joke. You're welcome, Jeff.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dyes' brother. I don't yep. look. I have a whole another show. Remember, LaserTimePodcast.com. LaserTime this week is an extended interview with the creator of Roger Rabbit, Gary Wolf, who you can find more of his stuff at Gary K Wolf, who actually like talks about I don't know. Again, weird time for Disney, where the comedies they're producing around this era are earnest. A character they don't own, but are so desperate and he's so much more popular than anything they do have, they're willing to cut deals. And he said, put in his contracts, like, hey, what if I still own the characters? And Disney's like, so he, he Gary's been writing books in the Roger Rabbit universe. I think there's two more books.
1: Wow. Oh. Um,
0: that is still in the universe because he still owns the rights to to do just that. Obviously not the rights to Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Bugs, Daffy. Oh, I can't I can't say enough nice things about it. If you have a kid in your life, watch it. If you like noir movies, watch it. If you love movies, watch it. Because I think even at its most base, this is a special effects movie, the likes of which I don't know if we'll ever see again. Mm -hmm. All this like, how the fuck did... It's not like, how the fuck did they do that? Because you know, it's just like, why the fuck did they go to all this trouble?
2: (laughs) It's so much harder than it needs to be.
0: Yeah, why why is Bob Hoskins like, pretty much sitting on like a bar stool moving 40 fucking miles an hour so they can draw a pretend cab around it? Well, it's just more fun (laughs) that way. I'm sure it wasn't for him. Uh, an R.I.P. to Bob Hoskins as well. Uh, yeah. I love this movie. And it was the second highest grossing movie of 1988 behind, I cannot believe it, Rain Man. Uh, <laughs> <didn't>, <laughs> no spoilers for future mm-hmm. episode 30,
2: 2010.
0: hmm <sighs> I suppose mm-hmm. I have to stop talking about it. But Diana threw in a clip of this uh, commercial, right?
2: Okay. So I'm looking for commercials because I love to go back to the original commercials or original trailers. And uh, like I said, I found a ton for you know McDonald's Happy Meals and other the tie-in stuff. And you know when the VHS oh, came cups. out, and then I hit this one commercial, which barely mentions the major characters, and it uh, just hit it. It's so freaking weird.
1: From Touchstone
0: Pictures, if evil has a name, it must be Doom. Hi, Eddie.
1: Please.
0: Judge Doom. His method is murder. <clears throat> His passion is
1: power. I feel like an execution. And no man nor rabbit dares stand in his way. I'm looking for a murderer. Remember, you never saw me. Who
0: framed Roger Rabbit? He's here. A Steven Spielberg presentation, a Robert Zemeckis film rated PG. That's like a crazy spoiler. Like all of that is spoilerific.
2: It's all spoilerific. It's focused on the bad guy like it's Judge Doom the movie. And they're using the score from North by Northwest.
0: (laughs) And then that's great. I've talked to people a little older who are annoyed by Roger as a result. I had, and I have yeah. no real articulate way. To, Marvel fans, you, you know the Sentry? He was like this character that they made up in like the 2000s to like sort of make fun of all of Marvel history, but like had a one, like a one issue arc where he's interacting with all these other characters, wondering why they don't remember him. And then it was so popular they just brought it into the fold. Like Roger Rabbit is a brand new character and he's an amalgam of a bunch of other characters from this era. Gary Wolf basically created this amalgam to represent cartoons of that era and he ended up becoming the last cartoon character of that era. I love that about it because Roger Rabbit wasn't just like a huge movie. Like the character, like he was just dancing next to Mickey. He was a giant balloon in all the parks. For a brief period before Pixar, Disney once again had animated shorts In theaters, starring Roger Rabbit, he became the last cartoon star. It's just so bizarre. It's so fucking bizarre, Uh, and I love that about. I can see.
2: I could see people finding Roger kind of irritating, though.
0: No, no, I can. I can too. I, I just Charles Fleischer, just a great performance. If you see those behind the scenes features, he's dressed like Roger. While they hold little dolls the size of Roger, and he's making all the noises and he's talking directly to the actors, which is why the the, the dialogue's very convincing. Yeah. The eye lines are very convincing, and that's due to this painstaking effort that Zemeckis went through. And and just and if I may once again establish it, this is filmed by Robert Zemeckis in between Back to the Future One and um, Back to the Future Two and Three. It shares lines, so it's technically part of the Back to the Future universe. I don't know what else I need to sell you on this movie. <laughs> Uh, it is great. It has yeah shares lines and, and sort of characters with uh, Back to the Future. You must see this movie if you haven't already. If you have seen it, watch it again. They took it off Netflix, but we'll have some links below uh, on this episode to see where you, you can get it and a bunch of other stuff we're writing about it, including some of these naughty hidden things you uh, can only see when you slow shit down. Sometimes on the laser disc, which I also have. I collect a lot of Roger stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh. I've seen
0: it. Yeah, there's a bunch of it right behind me. Let's, <laughs> let's hope I can stay away from those animation cells. They are way out of my price range. I might get a new credit card. Just
2: <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I
2: think that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, but
0: I, I love it so much. Please stop me because I, look, like, we could do this. This was sort of pre-planned because TV of 1988, there is nothing. It's So bad. There's literally nothing. I went through nope. it all again just mm-hmm. to like make double, double sure. It's all reruns. It's all old movies being run. With the notable exception of the debut of JJ Starbuck. When Texas was young, she lived by the
1: gun. Her heroes are buried in the sand
0: and deep in my soul. <laughs> here's, ah! here's the wiki description Jerome Jeremiah Starbuck. JJ, get it? A wealthy Texan who wanders around the country helping out good folks in trouble using his influence, contacts, and more than often doing a little detective work. Um, yeah. Jesus Christ. Wow.
2: Starring whom?
0: Oh, I have no idea. I was talking over it. Jimmy Dean. J.J. Starbuck is himself. Uh, Dale Robertson. Duh, Diana. I thought you were supposed to be an expert.
2: Uh, what was I thinking?
0: <laughs> and Jimmy Dean.
2: Of Jimmy Dean and Ben Vereen. <laughs> Jim... <laughs> no, really.
0: It, really? All right.
2: Yeah, Jimmy Dean and Ben
0: Vereen see people that's tv for the week and no go. games yep. came out how yeah. about that
2: everyone was watching
3: who framed roger rabbit and really
0: were like yeah. i don't know on the schoolyard this is a fucking phenomenon adults were talking about it kids were talking about it man i don't know i i, I have nothing but fond memories about roger rabbit i hope nothing oh moves i'm sorry there.
2: this wasn't the debut this is the finale this is
0: the finale oh. my bad the
2: last of 16 episodes that got burned off in the winter time
0: oh well r.i.p jj starbuck uh, wow, you died for Roger Rabbit then. You died for him now. Uh, but anyway, music of 1988, June 22nd through the 28th. We got some new releases. Heavy Nova by Robert Palmer, which includes Simply Irresistible. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Uh, Reg Strikes Back. Red Strikes Back? Um, I cannot say stuff today. Uh, by Elton John. And God We Trust by Stripper. Uh, it's striper. L- it's not stripper. It's that Stripper. I believe, right? Is it? I, this metal it band? It's Striper. It's Striper. It's Stripper. Come on. I listen to them all the time. They played at my parents' wedding. Uh, <laughs> Leave Me On by Amy Grant in a big release. It takes big a release. nation of millions to hold us back by Public Enemy. He say it's number 48 in Rolling Stones' uh, 500 best albums of all time? Fuck yeah. Yep. This, this is
2: one of the best contrasts ever because It Takes a Nation of Millions is a fucking landmark rap album public enemies uh second release showing nope they're not a fluke and what's number one fucking debbie gibson
0: (laughs) (laughs) well since i mentioned it, we will close out the 1988 segment even though i want to keep talking about roger rabbit with foolish beat by debbie gibson because there is no justice in the world don't go looking for it but maybe in 1998 could make music out of khakis you get jump jive and whale. <laughs> of brian uh, brian setzer orchestras the dirty boogie i saw him live. i saw this during this period i saw brian setzer live opening for of all people bob dylan what yeah i have, no, I have no idea why because like it's like bob dylan and a 400 piece band that he won't be using <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> during this time period i took swing dancing lessons at my local y Ugh. with my best mm-hmm. friend and i learned the man's role.
0: <laughs> Which one's that?
3: You know, like when you're dancing together, I learned all the man parts. Became... You know how to lead.
2: That's exactly,
3: awesome. exactly.
0: I became a member of the Cherry Pop and Daddy's fan club. And <gasps> that's what swing dance... No, it didn't. I just wanted to mention that horrible fucking band Russ.
3: name.
0: <laughs> that, that band name should ask for your credit card number on the internet. Uh, but anyway, new releases in 1998, June 22nd, of the 28th. The debut of the boy band Five. Wait, who's Five? I know who they are, right? Yeah,
2: they're...
0: Five. Ah, I knew it. I fucking knew it. Uh, we <laughs> Sometimes also the
2: F is a, is a number five. Yes.
0: <laughs> we also have Hitler Bad, Vandals Good by the Vandals. That was my Phil Donna Ooh. you take. Uh, Mermaid Avenue, which is uh, unreleased lyrics by Woody Guthrie, recorded by Billy Bragg and Wilco in 98. Yeah. Jesus
2: Christ. Yeah. I hadn't heard of this. Now I want it.
0: Yeah. And also Occupational Hazard by Unsane, Time by Lionel Richie, and We Ran by Linda Ronstadt. You'd better believe it. The boy is mine. <laughs> it's number one for a very, that fight will never get settled. And there's some news. There's some, uh, wow, some book indie news in 1998, right, Dame?
2: Uh, Yeah. So I was looking really hard for an actual date on this and I couldn't find it. So I'm just going to throw it in here because it's related to how Motown sold for only $61 million. Uh, yeah. Right around this time in 1998, Marvel offered Sony Studios the film rights to literally all Marvel characters for $25 million. And Sony said no.
0: That shit. Wow. Is incredible that the,
2: they just wanted Spider Man. Yep. They were still fighting and negotiating. I think James Cameron was still involved in making a Spider Man movie. They just wanted Spider Man, and so they said no to Iron Man and Thor and Hulk, and I think maybe the X Men were in there too. Still, Fantastic Four, like everybody. Twenty five wow. million dollars is less than what Robert Downey Jr. got paid for that last. Uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I uh I gotta point back to that laser time episode where Hank put together this awesome chronology of Spider-Man's long hard road oh, God, it's movie a forever. theaters forever. Forever. Like they were it they was a mess. were teasing it for like over a decade and it still didn't come to fruition. Mm. Uh that and I believe this week Windows ninety eight debuts. Um uh, if I'm not mistaken. I who can forget all the good it brung us? Mm. Um, not me. That is for sure. You know, I, there's no trailer for this movie when we talk about the movies of 1998, June 22nd through the 28th, Buffalo 66, starring Vincent Gallo, well, I guess written and directed by Vincent Gallo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christina Ricci. Yeah, notorious,
2: and... terrible person, Vincent Gallo. Yes, <laughs> notorious uh... scumbag.
0: And I would yeah. like, if you can't- rec- this a good movie. If you can't <laughs> reconcile it, it is also one of the best trailers I've ever seen in my life. Huh. There's no dialogue in it, it's just shot to sell the movie, and it's not shots- all from the movie, but it features the whole cast, and it's like, yeah, if you dig this trailer, you might dig this movie. It's pretty slow, arty kind of thing, but
2: yeah, well, it's like Vincent is like a dirtbag, and I, I forget if it's like he cons or kidnaps or something. He gets Christina Ricci to like go home to his parents with him, mm-hmm. and then there's a point where you know his his mom and Angelica Houston like blames him for the reasons for like a football team never winning is he's like gonna go get revenge on the football t- it's like it's a weird shaggy dog road movie a lot of it <laughs> but it's pretty good. Yeah I haven't I've, seen it in a long time.
0: Yeah me neither. Same could be said for smoke signals. Uh smoke yeah. signals haven't seen that in forever.
2: Good morning this is Randy
1: Pion on K Rez Radio. It's a good day to be indigenous. Let's go to Lester Falls apart at the K Res traffic band broken down at the crossroads since nineteen seventy two.
3: Ain't no traffic, really. Watch we are going, Jeez! Hey, Victor, you need
2: a ride? Uh, yeah. What are you gonna trade for it? We're Indians, remember? We barter.
0: Man, I've seen this movie for some <laughs> reason so many fucking times. Really? Yeah. I don't huh. know why. I think I, my dad is kind of an obsession with, um, I don't know, Native American culture. My dad Maybe that's does why. Too. Yeah, my dad works fucking thing. like exclusively formal. He's like lefty, no southern accent, but like. In sp- formal occasions where it's like only bolo ties he bought on like Navajo res- reservation <laughs> okay, wouldn't that
3: far <laughs> whatever that is charming i love that
0: uh yeah but it's smoke signals like just a, this man i can't think of another film like it uh, how do we describe
2: yeah. this d well, I, I mean it's by and about native americans yeah
0: and 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 shot all in those locations
2: not, you know it's about like regular life it's not about like it's not a western it's you know it's just sort of like a you know hanging out kind of movie yeah. about the people in their lives
0: it's pretty fucking cool it's it's hard to recommend yeah. on top of this like more bombastic stuff we have going on but like yeah I've seen this movie a bunch for some reason and I really dig it
3: hmm. um, I'll have geez. to go back and visit it
0: but uh, other folks might have seen uh, certain movies starring George Clooney Jennifer Lopez Don Cheadle Ving Rhames Dennis Farina Albert Brooks and Steve Zahn. This sight. is
2: what yes. I'm going to bat for this week because, all right, you got Roger Rabbit. I'm <laughs> taking out of sight.
0: Go for it. Dude, I fantastic. I love this movie. It's really good.
2: It's really good. Mm-hmm. It is really good. It is Elmore Leonard done right. George Clooney is uh, a very, very suave bank robber. Um, mm-hmm. And he escapes prison and he runs into Federal Marshal uh, Jennifer Lopez And uh, there's a lot of cat and mouse stuff and uh, trying to steal Albert Brooks's money, um, who's also, God, he's really good in this. And Steve Zahn is really good in this. And Mm -hmm. Don Cheadle's actually pretty scary. Yes, Um, truly. Yeah. Yeah. It um, ends up with, you know, a bunch of different gangs sort of uh, amongst each other, trying to double cross each other and and stuff like that. And it has the sexiest scene. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. I think
2: I've ever seen in my life. It yeah. has an amazing seduction scene. Yeah,
0: And I, I, I mean, if I mean, this is my perception, but like, I didn't know Steven Soderbergh that well at this point, so this kind of introduced me to him. But I, this also solidified Jennifer Lopez as like a bona fide movie star. She's fucking great in this.
2: She's yeah. really good in this, and mm-hmm. it bugs me when I see her in other stuff, and she's just sort of—I feel like she's phoning it in because mm-hmm. I think she does a really good job, and she is up against some heavy hitters, right. and. She and Clooney have great chemistry, Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just, it's a lot of fun, but it's also really interesting. Soderbergh does the thing that he always does, where it's like different locations get a different color palette. So Mm -hmm. when you're in Florida, it, it, lots of bright colors, it feels like Florida. And then they're in Detroit later, and it's very icy and cold looking. Ah! But still, I don't even know what to
3: say Mm -hmm. about it. Like everything still looks really beautiful, even in like Detroit, which we're kind of used to not feeling that way about Detroit, but I still think it looks amazing. Yeah. I, Love this movie. I'm fully right there with you as far as the best seduction scene ever. And it was just Oof. kind of, it's kind of, because I went back and revisited this, even though I had seen it before, just to kind of refresh. And it's nice to see George Clooney before the real George Clooney shtick. just kind of <laughs> got, got okay, okay, we get it. I get who you are, George Clooney, but this is like, you know, kind of this before is, that became his schtick, And
0: Well, this is perfect for him. Yeah. He's, do, you, do you remember the yeah, stuff exactly. he was given up it's in... It's
3: perfect yeah.
0: Uh, up until this point, like he's been in like one fine day, Batman and Robin, and like and from dust till dawn.
3: Right.
1: We
0: don't have the perfect George Clooney movie, and this was it.
3: Well, and the dialogue, oh, yeah. the the little speeches
2: that he gives, mm-hmm. they're they're perfect for him. They're yeah. It's like we're saying the beginning of the shtick, but it fits the character. <clears throat> Excuse me, it fits the character that you know he puts on something of a, a suave persona to get away with stuff. It's kind of how he survives. Mm-hmm. Um And the trailers, they, they're not very good But the scene of him robbing a bank That starts the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is kind of perfect it, it is the most Clooney-ish Clooney So true How can I help you, sir? You right,
1: uh, see the man talking to your bank manager Has his case open
3: oh That's Mr. Gwenden, one of our assistant managers Our manager is Mr. but He's not in today
2: But you see the man with the briefcase Yes That's my partner He has a gun in there if you don't do exactly what I tell you or if you give me any kind of a problem at all, I'm going to look over at my partner and he's going to shoot your Mr. Gwenden between the eyes. Right, now take one of those big envelopes and put as many hundreds, fifties, and twenties as you can pack into it. Nothing with bank straps or rubber bands. I don't want any die packs. I don't want any bait money. Start with the second drawer and then the one over there underneath the money counter. Okay. It's okay. Come on, right on. key's right there next to you. Yeah, enough to the point where he takes the money and says, "Have a nice day," and she says, "You too." Yeah, yeah, because you can't. I mean, he's looking at her in with his George Clooney face, that's just saying,
3: "Look, you may die, but I'm so handsome. <laughs> it's okay." Isn't
0: this a good experience? <laughs> Wasn't this fun? You'll talk about this forever. Yeah. And you get in trouble. Remember
3: the time the handsome bank robber came to your window? It was yeah. great. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah.
2: He's like, "Oh, you haven't been robbed before. It's okay. You're doing great." Yeah. God damn. Yeah. I oh, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch it again, even though I watched it I know, maybe a year ago.
0: Oh, and let's not forget the the briefest shared universe in history. Uh, that is true. Michael Keaton <laughs> cast as the same yes. Elmore Leonard character in this and Jackie Brown.
2: That's right. Yep.
0: And that the so Alderman, yeah. Alderman. I
2: mean, if you like Jackie Brown or get Shorty, I feel like this is the best Elmore Leonard version mm-hmm. there is. Mm-hmm. So it's like those are like the B plus version. This is the A version. And mm. the ending is fantastic. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember thinking
3: like, how how is this going to resolve? And it it's just kind of the perfect ending for. you Should
0: see Logan Lucky because that's like half the movie. I seen it. How is this <laughs> Yeah, I seen that one. Wow, none of that made the movie number one at the box.
2: No, no, it did okay, but it it deserves better.
0: That I can't believe this. This still sort of bums me out because I remember when I first got. A VHS tape recorder Taping uh, the Rex Harrison Dr. Doolittle off television like
2: Oh, I am so sorry Yeah,
0: my mom's like, what are you doing? This is terrible I'm <laughs> like, it was on network Television, I thought it was good And it was like just sitting there wasted on this tape forever And then they go and remake Dr. Doolittle in a 1998 With Eddie Murphy, Ozzy Davis, and Richard Schiff You know the film, come on an animal could not have talked to you
1: He's a lunatic
0: Hello Go. Lucky's in the bathroom
3: right now. Dog,
1: she's in the bathroom? <laughs> this is crazy. Don't fix me. I won't look at another female ever. I swear. I think
0: the the voice cast is more impressive than yeah. the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those films like was this a collective illusion? Did we all see this movie and get three of them? And that'll really happen, right? Because it yeah. fe- it feels yeah. like we want to forget about it. Doctor Doolittle yeah. beat it out of sight. Was... Smoke Signals yeah. and Buffalo 66 at the, bu- the box office. Yeah, Our well, bears. those are for
2: adult movies for fucking adults. And yeah. Dr. Doolittle has a sassy guinea pig voiced by Chris Rock. Yeah. <laughs> and it's summertime
3: and the children are non school. So True. what are you going to do Let me that? run
0: around on that wheel. Let me- <laughs> Sorry, I just watched a special <laughs> tambourine last night. Uh, yeah, fuck Dr. Doolittle. L- of, of any stripe. Um, no, not going to go to bat for this at all. going to move into TV? Think it's time for TV. Sure. Uh, TV nineteen ninety-eight. Um, June twenty second through the twenty-eighth. Wow, the Howie Mandel show premieres in syndication. Um and this that a talk show? It is a talk show. And if you really want, I found a cute clip of evidence. It's not it's better than the Chevy Chase show. Um, I'll say I'm that. damning
3: but, with faint praise.
0: Uh, <laughs> but I thought this was a cute clip because we talked last week about the Disney Pop Star Machine. This is a, just getting started, this is him talking to a not yet star uh, in 1998. How are, ya? I'm
1: good. How are you? You're great. Oh,
3: thank you so yeah. much.
1: And
0: now you're on tour with the NSYNC boys, huh? Right. Yeah,
1: is that fun for you?
3: Uh-huh. it's so much fun.
1: Now you have something in common with them, right? Weren't you a musketeer? Uh-huh,
3: yeah. Yeah, well, some of them were, right? Yeah, um, Justin and JC. Yeah, did you know them then? Yeah, we were on the show together for like two years. Really? (laughs) And then how did you make your big move onto like a solo career? Um. Well, actually, I auditioned for the Mickey Mouse Club when I was like eight years old. Right. And I was too young. So,
1: um. Too young
0: for the Mickey Mouse Club? That story is so ubiquitous. I have never seen anybody ask Britney Spears that question.
1: Yeah. And
0: that's that's how that's the era that the Howie Mandel show airs in. That he's able to ask Britney Spears and she has to answer. Oh, you might not know this.
1: Right. But I was in the (laughs) Mickey Mouse
0: Club. Uh with some of the other in sync guys.
3: She looks like she just left school. <laughs> like her hair's all like unbrushed and it looks like she just got off the bus.
0: Yeah, I bet she smells like a half-finished ring pop. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. That wasn't you looked at me like that was gonna sound creepier than it than it did, be honest. No, it, it not sounded sound creepy. just
3: as creepy as God you thought it. it did. God damn it.
0: <laughs> well, that's boring ass TV for 1988 for you. Uh, I'm trying because but I wish I could have watched all of this. The Fox television movie that aired on the twenty fourth. Legion of Fire: colon, Killer Ants. Ooh, this yeah. has a, a pretty significant fan base because it slow, slowly, like, was released in the rest of the world. It has a DVD release, unlike a lot of television movies from this era. But uh, uh, I'll let the opening explain what it's about. As technology expands, the world shrinks. As the population explosion continues, contact among humans increases. Disease-carrying viruses rapidly expand their boundaries. Killer insects are not far behind <laughs> in South America and Africa. There live ants so deadly in a matter of hours. They can devour an entire elephant to the bone. This is not science fiction. This is science fact. The story you are about to see <laughs> could happen tomorrow. Thank you. Thank False. you. False.
2: Okay. Okay. Let me follow that logic. Yes, for please, because I'm lost. The world so is getting lost. smaller because of telecommunication. Yes. Lifespans are longer, so there's more people, and therefore killer insects. Well, you missed the part about the viruses.
0: <laughs> well, they're okay, evolving so, so viruses fast.
2: Viruses give us killer insects. No, uh, no, 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 unclear.
0: But we're, we're, we can't withstand this uh, rapidly evolving virus. So once the, the ants start to evolve and mm-hmm. recognize power of us, they're too coordinated. Uh, too difficult to murder, like right out of way. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know why you don't have a what healthy fear of ants. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: you should have a healthy fear of ants. Um, I mean,
3: those ants are real. Like, there are really true. ants like that. I just don't understand their threat to us. But,
0: yeah, and we all know if you really want to see a killer ant movie, you got to go fucking phase four all the way. Phase four. Phase four forever. There's two people out there cheering me right now, <laughs> probably donating to our <laughs> Patreon just because of that. And that is sort of it for the television other than June 26th. Hey, look, we mentioned it last week. Step by Step is gone. Thank goodness. Yay. Uh, Yay. It is, it is, they have their finale over on CBS, uh, where they are a bit, uh, what would you call it, step <laughs> stepdaughter. Step-dawn? Step-sunny. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not a show CBS created. It's something they sort of inherited in a failed experiment to build their own TGF block. Um, TGIF block. It didn't work, and we're about to say goodbye to another TGIF show in the next couple weeks. So hmm. get ready to talk about that. Uh, you know what? Let's go out of 1998 right now with Watermelon Man by Mungo Santamaria off the Out of Sight soundtrack. Uh, we got yep. it, a yeah.
2: uh, sweet soundtrack, too.
0: Yeah, totally. And <laughs> Out of sight rules. Uh, please, I, I implore you to see one of the movies in the segments that we talked about. <laughs> for fuck's sake, people. Uh, see come them
2: on. both. Treat yourself. Treat
0: yourself. Yeah, and treat yourself. And then into your local podcast advertiser and talk about how influency we were. Yeah. yeah. We'll be right back.
2: is Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back this week to see if there's anything worth a-watching. And for the week of June 22nd through 28th, you know, I'm kind of disappointed. 75 years ago this week, 1943, it is all, like, light, happy stuff and war-related stuff. Wings over the Pacific, and so proudly we hail. This is actually pretty good. It's about nurses and stuff. So uh, what I'm going to recommend is something I missed a couple months ago, and I feel like a big jerk about it. March 1978, so 40 years ago, this season uh, was The Ruttles in All You Need is Cash, uh, which was on TV after being a sketch a couple times on Saturday Night Live. The Ruttles is one of the best music parodies ever made, period. It is essential for Beatles fans. Uh, It's Eric Idle and Neil Innes, who you probably... I guess remember as the the minstrel from Monty Python the Holy Grail as a Beatles band with a huge chunk of the original Saturday Night Live cast showing up. You know, Aykroyd, John Belushi, uh, Bill Murray, Gilda Radner all have uh, cameos. Also Mick Jagger and Paul Simon. Okay. And uh, Michael Palin gets to pop up and uh, actually George Harrison pops up briefly. He's pretty unrecognizable, but... The best thing about it, it's very easy to parody the Beatles because they went through all these different phases and all that. But they do such a great job on the songs that every one of them sounds plausibly like a Beatles song because they sort of combine a couple elements of each one. So they have like, please, please hold my hand, which has, you know, please, please me. I want to hold your hand and musically a bunch of all my loving in it. And it's, it's really short. It's like 75 minutes, I think. It's, there's a long cut. There's a slightly shorter cut. It, it's kind of a cult favorite. But again, if you know just about anything about the Beatles, I think you'll appreciate the, the detail that they put into it. So the Ruddles in All You Need Is Cash. That's totally my recommend for the week. And that's it. Stay classic.
0: No, you didn't just walk into a Best Buy. You walked into 3010's <laughs> 2008 yeah. segment.
2: I thought I was watching a corporate video about how we're maximizing <laughs> profits for the future.
0: I did. I watched, I watched a Fast Frame uh, video of a plant growing.
3: Their their <laughs> performance of that song on I think it was SNL was mm-hmm. the silly one of the silliest things I've ever seen. Like in a good way. Yeah, just the drumming was just so intense because there like are drums few, in that song. Giant <laughs> drums and dude giant. It was just silly and you know what? I'm cool with it.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm not trying to hate on Coldplay nor uh, Viva La Vida. Uh, which is number one this week's on the charts. Uh, new releases this week, June twenty second to the twenty eighth, in two thousand eight. We have also have with a buzz in our ears by uh, Sigur Ros. The
2: the actual title of it is something 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 Icelandic, and I almost sure. put it in there to try to make you say it. But <laughs> even I can't. I no, I, it's Icelandic's way too hard. So no, it's not you. the made up
3: language. It's actually Icelandic
0: <laughs> uh, Rotation by uh, Cute is what we aim for Mountain Meadows By Elliot Brood G- GNV FLA By Less Than Jake That's Gainesville, Florida Yeah, it's Sarah's Wincing uh, Saints of Los Angeles By Motley Crue Digisnacks by The RZA As Bobby Digital The Sound of Madness By Shinedown And uh, Last Walk Last to Walk By 3-6 Mafia Oscar winners 36 6 Mafia um, <laughs> Bring us into June 22nd to the 28th Have a little bit of news This is crazy Last segment, 10 years ago, Windows 98 releases. This year, June 27th, Bill Gates steps down as chairman of Microsoft to focus full-time on the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Wow. Bill Gates hasn't worked at Microsoft in a decade. That's crazy.
3: I don't know. Yeah. It seems like longer to me, to be honest. I don't know. It's
0: just like, that's all we knew him for doing. We're technically like, I know him for about as working at Microsoft for as long as I did the Bill and Melinda Gates yeah. Foundation. And What's
3: funny, though, is that like, I don't know. I think I might now be one of those people. There's just like a ton of people who only know him from the foundation, basically. I
0: would, yeah. I would if you're a little younger, you would. Yeah. Oh, that guy. I
3: mean, I knew, I knew him from Windows if for sure. The Seattle
0: but... Pop Culture Museum, like that's one of the original Microsoft guys too, who is now like the foremost curator and preservationist of like movie memorabilia. And I'm sure for him, Microsoft is a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: I figure. I mean, once you get past $2 billion, right. yeah, it's a full-time away. job just to give it away.
0: Yeah. After that, you have a mental illness if you work, <laughs> if you're still working.
3: <laughs> or if you're you know, still lobbying to try to get more and more money. Mm-hmm. That's a real mental illness, for, for sure.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day because we had uh, a car show near here where like, the featured car was a McLaren uh that cost a million dollars and this guy just has a car that cost a million (laughs) dollars and i just thought about what i would do with a million dollars that's not buying a car two men at the same Uh, time
0: uh... (laughs) oh (laughs) sorry and then after that (laughs) like
2: like if i had that kind of money to throw around i literally would start giving people a hundred grand just to see what they would do with it right
0: Oh, Jesus. I Christ. would
2: basically be living my own reality show where it's like if I give you a hundred grand, what stupid thing do you do? Oh, you're paying off your student loans yeah. and your friend's student loans? Oh, that's adorable. Great. Oh, you bought an elephant. Okay, you're an you're an idiot. And kind of oh huh. kind <laughs> of, that of was an interesting asshole. that was worth hundred grand. Thank you.
0: You there. come up with an idea and hire that hobo.
2: Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> it's fun when you're an adult and fantasizing about like winning the lottery. It's like student loans and mortgage. I'll be free yeah. and I can just work my job.
0: <laughs> and as years travel by, it's like, it would cost so much money to get me in a place of safety. Sanctity and security, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Just show me where I can go be a lunch lady. <laughs> as
1: long as there's <laughs> benefits.
0: Um, anyway, anyway, didn't mean to depress anybody with that shit. We're in a Because the movies this uh, week are fucking red. June yeah. uh, 22nd through the 28th, 2008. First up is Wanted. Wanted, which is a fucking legit cool movie
3: it's fun i really like
0: crazy but in a fun way yeah from russian director uh how how do you say his name Timur timor which if you saw night watch was just like it's ridiculous but it's this visual uh, like we're all used to cg stuff at this point then he managed to get something like even better out of i don't know out of technology for like 10 million dollars in this awesome vampire movie, then um, Hollywood found out who he was, and before he made Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, he made the movie called Wanted, based on a Mark Millar comic book from the ugh, Millar world. I assure you, I hate saying that too. Um, but the movie, man, it's pretty okay. Yeah. And I think if they had it's, somehow it's watchable, if they had, dude, if this movie had any DC characters in it. It would be the best thing that that company has ever done as a comic book movie. It's a Warner Brothers movie, I believe.
3: It does everything Mm -hmm. I want in a June, end of June movie, you know, like action movie. Like, it's fun it's pretty to look at. There are pretty people in it. The action's good. Like, yeah, I, I think it's a great summertime movie. Yeah,
0: it did well. It did well. Oh, it's a Universal movie. My bad. But, but yeah, what is it? Uh, uh James McAvoy, like yep. being taught by Angelina Jolie. Like, yeah, you hurl a gun fast enough, you can bend bullets around shit. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, you probably could do that with enough practice. I just can't afford that many bullets. Angelina Jolie is right. And, <laughs> and a very rare, I think, the first time Morgan Freeman had played a villain.
2: Well, in a long time. In
0: yes. a long time, you're right. It's yeah. like, oh God, we actually talked about one on thirty twenty ten. replay. yeah, like we talked pin. about uh, Street Smart. Yeah, but but like, just he, Morgan. Freeman, Morgan Freeman says. Kill those motherfuckers Like He just says that in this movie A guy gets bashed in the face with a keyboard And in slow motion Just the keys, F-U-C-K-Y-O-U Fly at the screen and it's beautiful It's
2: fun, it's Chris, so fun. It's Chris Pratt getting smashed in the face It's, it's Chris it? Pratt too oh, dang.
0: oh god damn it um, Here's a little bit of the trailer
2: Alright,
3: shoot the target How am I supposed to do that? I want you to curve the bullet.
0: We are a fraternity of assassins, the weapons of fate. Our purpose is to maintain stability in an unstable world. Join us. The choice is yours. Dude, this might literally be the last thing I intentionally saw with Angelina Jolie in it.
3: Yeah, she's at the peak of her powers, would you say?
0: Maybe, yeah. I think maybe maybe waning a little bit because she's not the like top build and she was forced to take her shirt off. But um it's only so there's some boss tattoos, not the not the headlights.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> but
2: uh, yeah, I guess my one of my big complaints is it turns out like there are special people who can do this and it's like an inherited thing. And it's like I, I like it when it's you know, you're not the chosen one. It, yeah. You just it's, you just practice really hard and learn stuff. It's yeah, supernatural. I can officially natural. say
0: I hate all Hereditary movies. Which yeah. By that I mean I saw Hereditary and I can't stop <laughs> seeing certain things and I'm almost mad at the film. Ooh. Uh, yeah. It. i Very sure effective. It. Very good. Didn't mean to shit on Hereditary. Jesus. Um. But I know <laughs> what Diane is saying. I, I I definitely like the um. Like I don't know. That's why I love that moment in Last Jedi. Your parents were no one. Yeah.
3: Take yeah. the take the crown. Yep. It's yours. I like that too because also when you have like a power that's uh, not supernatural, not inherited, mm-hmm. you get fun montages where you're right, training. Right. And I love a training <laughs> montage.
0: <laughs> but I believe it's turned on its ear. We're like you know, these are all like the worst villains in the universe, and that's who you've been training with the whole time. And I don't know. I think I'm, I'm feel like I'm prolonging the magic here, trying to talk about wanted a little more rather than the other '08 W movie. Oh, how much do I love this fucking movie and this fucking trailer? Wally has a good job. A
1: loyal pet. And he just met the girl of his dreams.
0: The only thing missing is a little adventure. On June 27th, Disney Pixar takes you to the edge of the galaxy. Just a
3: trim? You look gorgeous.
0: And beyond... Disney Pixar's Wall-E. G. All right, always my hot take. Pixar's best standalone movie.
2: Oh, yep. Ooh. um, well, I can't,
0: would have said Incredibles yeah, until go, yesterday. <laughs> I
2: was gonna say
3: what? Who? What else are we? Well, I guess up.
0: Up, Bug's Life. I well, I I take it over several of the sequels. I think to me, I think this is peak Pixar. I think it's every, so good. everything is downhill it's so from here. Good.
2: Yeah, I put Wally, Incredibles, and probably Ratatouille are my top three. Oh, okay. Ratatouille. I'm not sure the order. I think Incredibles is number one, but I haven't seen Incredibles two yet.
0: Yeah, I love the Incredibles, but just as a as a self contained, there really can't be another one of these. There's no need for it. Yeah. The second movie is the credits, and it's the best credit sequence of all time. Peter Gabriel <laughs> song. Let's see how we rebuild the planet after 200 years of, of taking a giant shit on it. Uh and I, I, that wasn't the trailer I was thinking of. It was the one with the Brazil music. That didn't I tell was you, looking Fuck. for
2: that trailer and I, I couldn't find it like with good audio. No, totally. and I, I just I love it because it, it's it the music fits little Wally so well. And he's just puttering. I, just slowly puttering.
0: I don't think we've had a 30 20, 10 with with movies this strong in each segment. I'm, I'm yeah. I, like I want to cry yeah. a little bit. This is out of sight, Roger Rabbit and Wally. Like these are like Three of my favorite movies of all time. That's yep. what that's what summer will get you. But I think I think Wally is fucking excellent. I, I've seen. Re, I, I I don't disagree, but I've just seen like, oh, I didn't know millennials were shitting a brick over Ratatouille. Like that movie's fantastic, but it's. Oh yeah, I but, love that But uh, I, I have nothing bad but, to say. You know about what?
2: It. I take it back. I'm going to swap out Ratatouille for Inside Out. <gasps> oh,
0: oh, oh, Inside Out is fucking incredible
2: fucking great but the incredibles is the bug's life
0: no uh that doesn't make any sense
2: uh i love wally i love that the first half hour is silent
0: Silent, except for hello dolly
2: (laughs) except for hello dolly the most random ass musical ever (laughs) love it and then it goes in this direction you are not expecting it to go Mm -hmm. um and then it gets crazy weird you meet all these other robots and all these weird people at too attached to their social media to have bones anymore and <laughs> bone shrinkage it's pretty it's dire how so- you know, 9000 is plotting against jeff garland and you're like this was not what i expected yeah. and it's great yeah there,
0: there is a salty pill beneath that chocolate outer layer um and it, it, it's like it's a perfectly acceptable kids movie but like it's tough sci-fi. It's not fucking around.
2: Yeah, yeah well it's also Pro environmental. Mm-hmm. It's anti-consumerist. Um, it's telling you to get off your goddamn phones and put down that blizzard.
0: Mm, I, I love.
2: It, yeah, invest in some love and some plants for fuck's sake.
0: I love Wally so much. Do yourself a favor and look up that beautiful one-one Wally they made for Disney parks, but is still too heavy and possibly lethal to unleash in the park. But they made they made a perfect Wally that does everything, but Whoa. it can't run around alone and weigh five hundred pounds <laughs> and
3: ruin <laughs> everyone's
0: feet yeah, as can't. it rolls over them. <laughs> but it's gorgeous, and it's just like I think for that reason alone. For for right after this movie, I think Wally was sort of synonymous with Pixar. Like the critics loved this. This did really well. Yeah. Um, I think like Up was just a tiny bit worse at the, in terms of box office returns. nothing against Up; it's a fine film. Ah, uh, but I, I think Wally's the most excellent thing Pixar has done with an original concept in ten years. Really do. I don't, yeah,
3: I don't think I can argue with no. that.
0: And it's it's gorgeous. It's everything they do well. It's everything that DreamWorks would never do, mm-hmm. like a a silent first act. For sake.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, um, a silent first act. You know, landfill of trash, and yeah. the character. The other character you care most about is a cockroach
0: him third most Fred Willard and just the best (laughs) use of Fred Willard as the president of by and large the corporation that has taken over everything I really yeah I really like it I think it has some of the best music of any Pixar film I Mm. really really dig it
2: Hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the kind of movie that yeah it's it's perfectly Pixar wheelhouse and that there's there's lots of stuff going on there's stuff for everybody but it's so different than like when you say this is a Disney movie I say no it fucking isn't
0: yeah This is art. Disney
2: would never think of this.
0: It's art, baby. And and last thing I'll say about it, because I thought this was really cool. When it came, did you buy the first DVD that came out?
2: Uh, I think so.
0: It's like made out of all cardboard and recyclable material. Like just technically like the worst DVD case ever, but like consistent with the message of the film. Like, yeah, we're being kind of shitty to the planet. (laughs)
1: Love
0: that. Here's an energy efficient DVD case. It'll fall apart almost instantly. Yes. But Wally, Jesus. I don't know what to tell people to see at this point. Well, see it all. Obviously, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I wish, yeah. And
2: mm-hmm. None of these movies that we're listing are either hard to find right. or really long. Mm-hmm. These are all like two-hour movies and under. They're all perfect you know, summer movies. Take Just take the weekend. It's, it's yeah, do it You know, in the evening after you've done your summer fun time. I yeah. love
0: it. I love the these opening. These are
2: all such treats.
0: Of the film, I love being in the marketing hype where they hadn't like told us anything after the first 20 minutes or shown us anything. It was just uh, Wally and Eve. That was it. Um, I love one of my cartoony fantasies is riding on the outside of a spaceship. And Wally does that across the whole galaxy. Fucks with the (laughs) rings of Saturn. It's a gorgeous film.
3: Well, and it was kind of like, this is the peak of these animators and Disney making us fall in love with a character it's not like animal, cute doe eyes, right. and not like a right. humanoid mm-hmm. type of creature, you know? Literally just two pieces of machinery. And like even watching the trailer now kind of gave me like a little yeah. like choking up feelings about yeah. these two robots.
0: I, I, <laughs> I love Toy Story 3 and everything, but like like this and Inside Out are like my Pixar high points of the last decade. They're mm. something I just yep. didn't expect at all and watch repeatedly. I, I, Jesus. Wally is great. Sing its praises. Um, maybe mention 302010, and I won't have to threaten to kill. Get a little promotion out there. Because sadly, we have to move into the television. Oh, yeah. Step aside, ladies. It's time to get in the testosterone. Uh, yeah, it's the... Sp- <laughs> No more of the yak, 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 you little hens. It's time to talk about the Spike's second annual Guy Awards.
3: Guy's yeah. Choice Awards. Guy's
0: Choice Awards. Because, we voted. you know,
3: they haven't always been men's choice for most of <laughs> yeah. the past I'm really glad that men are
1: finally century. getting to
2: speak out yeah. and, and make their choices heard. Give them their voice.
0: Oh, uh, You are not going to like I'm
2: sick of women legislating what guys can do. Exactly. And what men can like. And what men can't like.
0: You are not going to like categories such as hottest hottie on the planet or. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, going through this category. Uh, look, uh, we well, have. I'm to glad do this. they
3: have their whole creative team on. Oh, band.
0: so guy of the year, Matt Damon won over Harrison Ford. Yo, the bro of the year, but you didn't win alpha male award of the year. That went to Hugh Hefner. Barf. You want to know why? Because yeah. he crushes so much. Biggest ass kicker, Jason Bourne, beat out Iron Man. Hottest girl on the planet, Jessica Biel. It was two thousand eight. What are you gonna do? What are you?
2: (laughs) Uh, Guess who was the recipient? I can hear the backwards ball cap.
0: Guess who the recipient of the decade of hotness award went to? That's Cameron Diaz.
2: Every dude's
3: favorite guys girl, you know. She could just like eat a bunch of wings and then like you know.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, it's, but it's no coincidence. In fact, there might have been some collusion because there's something about Mary was nominated for the guy movie hall of fame. They that, have a yeah.
3: category that is hottest Ava. Like Ava, a lady's name, E V A.
0: Ava Mendez or Ava Longoria. <laughs> Mendez took it. What a steal. Oh man, this is ridiculous. This is like this is this is where like I get to be embarrassed being a man.
3: Please. You um, should be.
0: Because uh, I like,
3: Apologize. I would take a written apology.
0: With categories such as top fantasy leaguer, LeBron James took it over Tom Brady, man. Yeah, dude, what an upset. Uh, what about So Hot They're Famous? Kim Kardashian versus Tila Tequila. Tila Tequila won. I think Spike knows. It's got its finger on the pulse. Showed us who had the longevity. Tila, yeah,
3: Tila, baby. and who will soon become a Nazi.
0: Uh, don't forget the Badass DNA Award. Eli Manning and Peyton Manning versus Kurt Busch and Kyle Busch. In the Hot and Funny Award. Tina Fey and Sarah Silverman. Sarah Look. Silverman took it. You Tina, know what?
3: Sarah, I just want to tell you guys, I'm sorry.
0: I didn't vote, but I sorry, wrote a letter complaining. <laughs> uh, I think Tina should have won that year. Just saying. Just saying.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting here with my arms crossed now. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting uh, for it to
0: stop. Uh, luckiest bastard went to uh, went to <laughs> Brian Austin Green for being engaged to Megan Fox. Um, Jesus Christ.
3: Oh, killer <laughs> quote. Killer quote.
0: Killer quote. Don't uh, tase beat, me bro. T- don't tase me bro went out over I Have a Wide Stance, which yeah. there's nothing funnier than I have a wide stance. Wow. Which is the yeah. worst excuse for homosexuality I've ever heard in my life. I
3: don't even <laughs> remember that. What is that's, that? That's
0: the politician who is tapping oh, someone else's foot right, in right, an airport right. bathroom.
3: Okay, I'm sorry. I had a. I have a wise bleh, I have a wide stance is should have one. Don't tase <laughs> me bro is just some University of Florida idiot.
0: This is ridiculous. And it was hosted uh, by Har- Harold and Kumar, whom I'm assuming know better at this point. Um, yeah, this is awful. Uh, but there was some... I don't, I don't know how awful we want to call this. I think it's kind of awful uh, what ABC started airing right about now. Yeah. On June 24th, they have a double shot of stuff. Um, I survived a Japanese game show airs on ABC for sort of the first time. Hmm. <laughs> Oh! Wednesday, June 17th, the craziest competition on television is back.
1: Monday.
0: ABC's I Survive the Japanese Game Show returns. 12 brave Americans taking on even more outrageous challenges
1: than ever before. What am I getting myself into? So
0: I, I don't really get this because, like, they basically fly a bunch of Americans to Tokyo and stage a Japanese game show. Japanese game shows are plenty entertaining. No matter who's getting covered in slime or being kicked down a slide or thrown out in the snow (laughs) naked, it doesn't matter. I
2: I was kind of disappointed. I was really hoping we'd just see, like, a Japanese Wheel of Fortune in which everyone just calmly sits and (laughs) solves crossword puzzles.
0: (laughs) No, No, or I was just hoping for clips of Japanese game shows where this is like... This is going to look real bad, and I'll say in another two years, this whole production because it's not a real Japanese game show. It's what ABC thinks a Japanese game show
2: looks like. No. Which but all they so had Ninja to do. Warrior sitting there on the table, waiting well, yes. for you to take it.
0: Uh, and all they had to do was like go to a real Japanese game show, put on your white guys, and then do a testimonial behind the scenes, and like I'm sure you can afford this. Relax, this didn't need to happen. It didn't need this elaborate. Um, but that Diana. He bring that up this very same night on ABC. Uh, this show debuts, scoring the highest ratings of any new show that summer. This it's summer. That time, America,
1: what goes up
3: must wipe out, and wipe out they
1: will.
0: Twenty-four competitors fall headlong into a battle for fifty thousand dollars on the world's largest and most extraordinary obstacle course. We'll see magnificent falls sensational tumbles and astonishing spills. I cannot not watch Wipeout when it's on. Same, and I
2: feel horrible. See, new Schadenfreude, the game!
0: Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I would love to be kicked in the dick by a foam bucket into a pile of mud. (laughs) That would be amazing. And then have models laugh at me and John Henson make fun of me from a different studio eight months later.
3: It's only $50,000 for like a lifetime of herniated discs, basically. (laughs) Like the back injuries on this show.
0: But it it just looks like an adult's gymnastic course. The show Wipeout, which in essence was the Japanese picked up on this pretty quick and sued the fuck out of ABC. Like you just stole... All the obstacles from Takeshi's Castle, which we would mm-hmm. know from Most Extreme Elimination Challenge or MXC, because they did. And it's, that's all the show is. I believe they settled out of court. But like, yeah, it's really weird. These are these are the shows I technically, if I was writing letters on what kind of shows I wanted, it would have been this. Like, please hit people with more darts and, ba- darts and balls. Please do that. <laughs> please have them fall in more water. That's all I would like. I just think that it's just so dumb, the, the commentary on the show. There's one lady live interviewing people with a microphone, and there's John Henson and some other dude. John Henson, the most wasted talent in television, mm. uh, uh, formerly of Soup, mm-hmm. doing written commentary months after the fact <laughs> these things were shot. Uh, but Wipeout, I think it it technically is not on the air, but I have a feeling like you'll see that show pop up every 2 years from now until the end of time.
3: Yeah, Definitely. I feel like every time I every other time I'm in a hotel and I'm just like flipping oh, yeah. through the channels, it's I see perfect it. Perfect for that. It, it is it, kind of a perfect hotel it show. It is
0: perfect for being a hotel show. Yep. Um but that that takes us out of television and I got to talk about games um this will Uh, only bore you for wait we
2: we have one more thing we gotta talk about for television oh
0: what's oh oh i thought we were so mm.
2: yeah i thought we would uh, i decided not to put it in news and not to put it in deaths but june 22nd 2008 we lost george carlin uh he was 71 fuck you fucking cancer and uh But in honor of that, I think that's really sweet, uh, June 28th, so not even a week later, uh, NBC runs the very first episode of Saturday Night Live from 1975, where he was the host. Yep,
0: which is a fucking terrible episode. It's and a he, disaster. And he is bad. <laughs> I think he's, he's apologized repeatedly, like, I just thought more cocaine would make me better. It <laughs> it is turns bas- out. It's Aww. almost unwatchable. Yeah, it, it's it's what, what I, I think I picked up the phone, and for the first time, like a big boy, instead of stealing it ordered HBO, because HBO was just like, this weekend, the schedule is erased, and it's every George Carlin special we have access oh, to. Oh,
2: yeah. In a I watched row. a whole bunch of it, too.
0: In a row. And I thoroughly recommend it. I could not stop. And I remember putting the caption up, it's the title of a second special, Life is Worth Losing, which I think is a wonderfully morose, positive statement. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. his last I mean, special... I Carlin,
2: he's... He's so important as a comic. I mean, I'll throw in a recommendation for Class Clown, which is mm-hmm. a fun record, but Fuck it's yeah. one of those. It's like every comedian says, like, I became obsessed with this. This is what got me into comedy.
0: Yeah, that or Class um, Clown. Like those are. or well, you yeah, said, so class, said clown. class Clown. Class <laughs> I was thinking AMFM. Like I I, oh. I, I, know my Carlin very, very well. I, I, my favorite is You Are All Diseased. It's also oh, a great yeah. title. Uh jamming in New York. Um, but you know what? Hey, I gotta contact Amazon. I bought that box set over two years ago and has not arrived yet.
2: <laughs> uh, oh jeez! But
0: he died all of a sudden. I just remember like like him and Kurt Vonnegut were kind of my heroes, and yeah. they kind of pop yeah. off and like within like forty days of one another.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: Vonnegut mm-hmm. a little more expected. Carlin, I just assumed would live a little longer, but he also never he didn't live long enough for it to get sad.
2: Yeah. You know, in some ways, I'm kind of glad he's not still with us because I feel like Trump would have killed him. <laughs> I think it would have broken his heart. It's like, no, it's too much cynicism. I can't. Ah!
0: Or he'd be playing Sheldon's dad on Big Bang Theory. Yeah. It could it could be could go both ways.
2: No, nah, I mean, even you know, most comedians as they get older, you know, they they definitely all the edges start getting sanded off. I feel like, yeah, the edges got sanded off, but he was still pretty fucking sharp. Carlin,
0: when I got to see him, I was lucky enough to see him live in, in in Vegas and his edge was totally gone. It was, I saw the professional comedian and he's like, he's like, look, I, I'm going to say some things that aren't funny. I'm really sorry, folks. I would never, ever, ever look at my notes on stage but I'm preparing for another special, mm. and I need you to help me. And he's like, and he just he spent like ten minutes like apologizing, apologizing about being unprofessional because I think, you know, he, George Carlin is an anti-iconoclast like icon, but um, he still has like a 1950s show business yeah uh, work ethic. Because he never really stopped. Like, he, he never really yeah. sold out. Oh, man.
2: If you see all, all the footage of him, like, from the early 60s, where he's, like, no beard, short hair, dressed, you know, in a suit. Because right. everyone wore a suit. And you're just like, oh, Lord. Yeah.
0: He went through that whole stage. Yeah. It was, like, a, just a regular entertainer to be on the TV for the nice people. Um, but George Carlin's one of my favorite human beings, my favorite artists, my favorite comedians. Um, just a wonderful man. This This hurt. A lot.
2: This, this one hurt me too, but I will say, as of uh, last year, I've heard all of the seven dirty words on television.
0: Really? Even huh. cocksucker? No cocksucker I heard.
2: Yeah, no, the one I was waiting for was cunt. Oh, and, Samantha uh, Beam. Uh-huh. No, no, that got bleeped by Samantha Bee, <laughs> oh, I saw But on uh, Feud, Betty versus Joan.
0: <gasps> oh. Oh,
2: oh they yelled it. And I was like, <laughs> well, alright, I filmed out my bingo card. Finally heard it. <laughs> <gasps> okay, it's TVMA, we uh, get away with it Woo!
0: Um, this and like Phil, I know I just talked about Phil Hartman But this is one of those things that like, yeah, I'm still not over it Like, these are still two of my favorite people Who have ever existed Jesus, what a weird episode, man um, <laughs>
2: Sorry you know. to bring it down no, 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 no,
0: no, that's great, man. watch You Are All Diseased Watch or listen to You Are All Diseased It's yeah. great Here's some dumb game stuff I want to rattle off real fast Because um, E3 just happened, so this will have an interesting context Not this, Wally is a game that comes out, I think, one of the last THQ games based on a Pixar movie. Eventually, this would just stop altogether, and I don't think Pixar's had a... Since Toy Story 3, which was really good, uh, has had a game based off one of its films, Disgaea hits the DS, Mega Man Star Force 2 uh, also hits the DS, and Battlefield Bad Company, a pretty valiant approach to the battlefield franchise that took them out of like faceless nobodies who die in world war ii to a team of people you sort of get to know team of soldiers you get to know it had one sequel it people received it pretty positively i think still if battlefield wasn't consistently rewarding in each new edition people would be asking for more bad company uh but five looks pretty great and the absolute stupidest thing the most 2008 thing i could find is the release of Guitar Hero on Tour. Ugh. Guitar Ooh. Hero, remember this? Yes. I remember playing it with you, Sarah, like 10 Ugh. years ago. I remember yeah. going over to Diana's house for the first time and playing Guitar Hero. You both yeah. have Guitar Hero memories for me.
3: Boo. Oh, yeah. It was a great unifier.
0: So we say on tour. What do you think that means? On tour.
2: Different locations?
0: Right, which you can only do on what kind of system...
2: I'm out. <laughs> portable. Oh.
0: How do you take? How do you make a Nintendo 2DS game? excuse me. Nintendo DS game
2: mm-hmm.
0: out of Guitar Hero, and the oh. answer
2: constantly poking at the screen.
0: <laughs> no, it's much worse than that. Oh. Uh, it came with a fist peripheral that covered the whole system, and I think you had to try and hold it like a like sideways, like a book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As you uh. squeezed in frets with something that was mounted to your hand, it was a valiant but fucking stupid and oversaturated yeah. way to bring Guitar Hero <laughs> to every possible thing on the planet. Which I think. The
3: point of Guitar Hero is the guitar, no? No
0: guitar. Yeah.
3: No guitar. So you're just playing like Grip Strengthener Hero on Twitter. Right. right. (laughs)
0: You you are playing Masturbation Pro 9000. Yeah,
3: yeah. uh, I was about to say, you're a fist peripheral. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. The DS was already home to a billion great rhythm games that. Innovated on the genre very well, thanks to the touchscreen. This had no fucking purpose. All you had to do was maybe I don't know. It gets hard, hero. It was a thing. It was a huge, huge thing. They released yeah, like seventeen SKUs thing. in like one year and killed the whole thing. Uh, but I think also Rock Band it came out on Weed this week. If you're uh, if you want me to be thorough, um, I thought that was silly enough. And that pretty much concludes our show. We have some births in a de- like a deaths and a birth quiz to talk about. George Carlin will not be on it. I'm guessing, right, Ty? No. And you can Sorry. find out more about the show at 302010.net. We encourage you to leave your comment there and let us know the things we missed or things you can elaborate on. We're we're vibrating mostly on personal memories here and, and anecdotes we experienced, and you might have something similar to say, and we always encourage you to leave that there because they're really fun to read. Yeah, definitely. Then um, you can find out uh, more on lasertimepodcast.com. It's technically the same website, which this week put up a Roger Rabbit episode with an interview with uh, Roger Rabbit's creator, Gary K. Wolf. Author of Who Censored Roger Rabbit. I thought it was illuminating, fascinating, and I was honored to talk to the guy about creating one of my favorite characters and worlds of all time. Please watch that movie. You know what? Just go watch Roger Rabbit. I'll put a link to some of the articles I've written about Roger in the past. Um, I've had a ton of fun with Roger. It's just one of my favorite things ever. It just seems like it's an all is right with the world kind of thing for me. Oh.
2: I just realized we talked about Roger Rabbit for what, like 20 minutes or something, which is shorter than I ever thought we would. And we never mentioned his lovely wife.
0: Jessica Rabbit. And I I didn't put it, I didn't put it together because we talked a a little about that with um, Gary. I knew Kathleen Turner was uncredited Mm -hmm. um, and he sort of like, yeah, like she just didn't want to be associated with this weirdo thing that might be a huge (laughs) bomb. But I, I forgot about the Romancing the Stone connection that Zemeckis had that's how oh. he sort of got her to agree to do it because, like, uh-huh. he kind of made her like next level famous. Yeah. Um, but she and, and I—who the fuck else could be Jessica Rabbit for
2: fuck's oh sake? Oh my other god! Than well, Turner. she's not bad. She's mm-hmm. just drawn that, that way. Uh,
0: uh. Uh Love Jessica almost as much as I love Roger, but I love Roger more. Um, I love Roger even more. How about that? Sure. No, no James Bond favorites this episode. We do have a commentary available for a buck over on uh, lasertime.bandcamp.com. If you want to hear everything I s- know about Roger Rabbit spewed out while we're watching it in sync with the movie, you can check that out uh, over there or get all of our commentaries for the cost of a cup of coffee at patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports this show, all of our other shows, and to uh, give something back to the people who, who support us, we try and do a, a show every single week, tentatively called bonus time for like 100 episodes. Uh, that's just a little more freewheeling, <laughs> uncensored, and ad-free just for the people who help keep this sh- this train running. Thank you so much. Seriously. Ugh, I'm going to cry. There's too much good shit this episode.
2: It's so damn good. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Synanard, uh Or you can start following the podcast. I started a uh Twitter just for the podcast. 302010 podcast. It's the numbers, not the words for once. Um where this whole summer is gonna be so many amazing movies that I'm gonna start teasing them. Uh so yeah, you can follow along, you know, get get ahead of us if you want to. Uh oh my God there's been so much
0: sweet well i think we got to know who died in hell Mm.
2: okay so besides george carlin who i just mentioned was 71 i'm sorry i shouldn't have said fuck cancer i should have said fuck heart disease Heart heart disease yeah um we also in 1998 we lost maureen o'sullivan who was 87 she was the jane in the tarzan movies back in the
0: 30s fuck the one shot here sarah Bear. Um, here? Yeah. And then, oh, what right,
2: yeah. uh,
0: Indeed. We swam there a thousand times. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Long ass career. Wow. Cool lady. And speaking of cool people, this birthday quiz. Here we go. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh. Birthday a- Born uh, June 22nd, 1936. He's turning 82. So alive. Uh, Same birthday as my brother. Happy birthday, Jeff. What up, Jeff? Okay. So the reason I picked him is very roundabout. He won a Golden Globe for being in a movie whose remake, the trailer, just came out. And it's not a good movie, but he's good in it. Mm. I'll just leave that right there. Someone can get a bonus point for her. So Malcolm out. McDowell? No.
0: So it's not a <clears throat> Halloween remake.
2: <laughs> no. Okay. So his life is insane. Uh, born in Texas. Uh, he was a Rhodes Scholar. Uh, joined the Army. Uh, completed Ranger School. Learned how to fly a helicopter. Taught English lit at West Point. Uh, Hmm. Decided the Army career is not for him, moved to Nashville where he swept the floors at Columbia Records and passed a tape of his to June Carter who gave it to Johnny Cash and he recorded uh, the song, Help Me Make It Through the Night.
0: So it's not Tommy Lee Jones is what you're telling me?
2: (laughs) No, he's from Tennessee, not Texas.
0: (laughs) I told Sarah that. She tried to feed me the wrong answer.
2: It's true. I Um, wrote a note.
0: Any other details, die die.
2: He's written a couple amazing songs, Sunday Morning Coming Down and uh, Me and Bobby McGee. Two of my favorite songs ever.
0: That's us DMX? How about
2: it move into the uh, acting? Uh, his films include Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, uh, Lone Star, Payback, Heaven's Gate, and Blade.
0: Uh, Chris Christopherson.
2: There you go. Boom. Nice. I uh,
0: wanted it to be James Coburn so
3: 82. I can't believe he's 85. I didn't know that he was that old. Yeah, I saw I him know. live.
0: So I just saw him live at the Hardly Strictly Festival. You should check that out. Die while you still can.
2: Uh, I keep meaning to go, but it's just crowds, and I don't <laughs> like being in the sun. I explode. I'm so bad at this game.
0: <laughs> I am so great at this game. Oh, look <laughs> what Diana put in here is the outro. You're so great, Diane.
2: Yeah, that, that was a harder one. And if you want to tie it all together, it's A Star is Born is a movie that's bad. Oh, but he's right. great in it. Mm. And the trailer just dropped for the one with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper.
0: It did? It I missed this entirely. That's
2: I... the fourth. The fourth version of A Star Is Born. Holy shit! Yeah, I have thoughts on that trailer. I, don't think, I can't think of any other movies that have been remade four times. Put them in the comments if I uh, think so. Besides Dracula, Snow I think Dracula light, might be the only other uh, one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that whole thing of uh, can we be friends and have sex and have Ashton Kutcher in the movie? That's been made like a billion times. A billion times um, no. since <laughs>
3: the dawn of time.
0: <laughs> um, but taking us out, oh die! Thank you. Down to earth welcome. by Peter Gabriel from the end of Wally. Really do so love this good. song. Great end credit sequence. Go watch something. Go love something. Tell a friend about thirty, twenty, ten. Maybe. Uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Did you think that your feet had been bound by what gravity brings to the ground? Did you feel you were tricked by the future you? Come on down All these rules don't apply When you're high in the sky So come on down Come on down We're coming down to the ground There's no better place to go we got snow upon the mountains, we got rivers down below. We're coming down to the ground, we'll hear the birds sing in the trees. And the lamb will be looked after, we'll send the seeds out in the trees.